Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. Patricia Trina here with you. Happy Friday to you. It is Friday, November 1st. We're already into November. Can you believe it? And it is the end of the week, although for the Giants, it is technically midweek for them in that they are preparing for a Monday night football game against the Dallas Cowboys at home. So even though the calendar says today is Friday, it is technically a Thursday in terms of the Giants preparation schedule. So on today's program, what we're going to do is we're going to get you caught up on the latest from the Giants from Wednesday's practice or actually Wednesday's practice that took place on Thursday. And we are also going to have in segments two and three, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View comes on the program with me. And we're going to kind of look back at the Giants and how they kind of got to this point and kind of look ahead to see how they can maybe fix things moving forward. So that's going to take place segments two and three. Before we get to the business at hand, though, just a couple quick housekeeping notes. Uh Monday, we will not have a show because obviously Monday is game day. So I won't have a show for you Monday, but I will have a show for you on Tuesday. Tuesday, I'm going to do a combo. Probably I'll do a combo wrap up from Monday night's events. Um, That show will be out probably later in the day. And also, I'll probably do some of your questions. We started to get some Twitter Tuesday questions in. So if you want to take part in that, you know what to do. You can send them to uh, to me at LockedOnGiantsPodcast at gmail.com. Tweet them at Patricia underscore Traina, T-R-A-I-N-A. Make sure you tag them, Ask P-Train. Whatever questions I can't get to on Tuesday, I'm going to pour that into a Twitter Thursday. So my goal is to always make sure I can try and answer as many of your questions as come in. And if I have to split them up into two shows, then that's what I'll do. Because you, without you guys, there is no Locked on Giants podcast. So appreciate you listening. And let's get right into the business here, just to get you up to date on everything. Some good news on the injury front. Sterling Shepard was able to practice on Thursday, and he was a full participant, which means that yellow penny, that no contact jersey has been retired as far as he's concerned for this concussion. Now, the remaining step for Shepard is he has to get clearance from an independent neuro consultant. Once he gets that, then he will be cleared to play. And right now there is optimism that he should be good to go for Monday night. Now, again, he does need to get clearance, but the fact that he's been able to practice, do everything fully, no restrictions, that is a very good sign. That could mean that rookie quarterback Daniel Jones will have all of his offensive skill players, Saquon Barkley, Evan Ingram, Golden Tate, and Sterling Shepard available for the first time in his tenure. And that could be very huge, folks. Uh, So we'll see what happens. The final injury report won't be released until Saturday, uh, which is technically a Friday in Giants land. Yes, I know it's, it's confusing. It's confusing for me to keep track of all the dates, but we will find out the final injury report on Saturday. And as soon as I have that information, make sure if you're following me on Twitter, um, I will tweet that out so that you have it. Um, another guy who took a step forward to returning is 
cornerback Corey Ballantine. And Corey Ballantine, who has been in the, uh, the concussion protocol, he too was able to, uh, to practice fully without any restrictions. Now, that's a big step forward because last week, Corey Ballantine could not practice in, with contact. He, he worked on the side uh, with a trainer and it looked like he was still at least a couple weeks away. So he's actually taken a big step forward and the Giants could sure, you know, use him in terms of, you know, having a, a kick returner back there who can, you know, while Darius Slayton was trying to cut his teeth and, you know, making those rookie mistakes, at least Corey Ballantyne had some experience there and, and made a little bit better uh, decisions there. So that's a good sign. The only other player on the Giants injury report was slot cornerback Grant Haley, who was listed as having a knee ailment. Grant Haley took his full practice reps, so he should be good to go, barring any setbacks. So basically, in terms of the injury situation, it looks like the Giants are as healthy as they've been um, all season. And that's a good sign going into Monday night game. They're facing a Cowboys team that is coming off a bye week. And uh, it's going to be all hands on deck. So that's a very, very positive sign for the Giants. And hopefully, uh, Corey Ballantyne, hopefully Sterling Shepard, and of course, Grant Haley will all be trending towards being active so that when the Giants submit their final injury report, there will be nobody on that report. One other quick note for what it's worth. The question you knew was was sure to come up. Would the Giants agree to let Daniel Jones or any of their players be mic'd up for the Monday night football game? Now, for those not aware, a couple weeks ago when the New York Jets were on Monday night football, quarterback Sam Darnold was mic'd up and he was captured on audio saying that he was seeing ghosts against the Patriots defense. And unfortunately, that comment made it to the air and Sam Darnold was basically embarrassed. And, and the, you know, by that comment, uh, the Jets were furious about that comment. And ever since then, I know in last week's Dolphins-Steelers game, both teams declined to have any of their players mic'd up. The Giants are not planning to have any of their players or coaches mic'd up for the Monday night game. So really a shame it's come down to that because, you know, that was also, you know, that was a nice little added feature for the TV, the uh, television audience. But um, somebody got a little too, I, I guess, um, aggressive or a little too uh, free with what they were going to put out there, didn't use discretion. And, you know, it's, it looks like that whole thing has been ruined for, you know, for the rest of the season. Unfortunate, but I can kind of understand, you know, why D head coach Pat Shermer's not a fan of it, why Daniel Jones is not a fan of it. And uh, it is what it is. So we'll have to go without getting those little insights as to what's going on inside the huddle. All right, folks, you're listening to Locked on Giants with Patricia Trainer. We're going to take our first break. When we come back, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View joins the program as we look at the Giants before the first eight weeks and moving forward. So stay with us. The folks at Roman, a men's health company, are changing the game with Roman Swipes. Get $10 off your first order of swipes and free two-day shipping at GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL. If you found $100 on the street, would you pick it up or would you keep on walking? Well, of course you'd take the money. So why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them? Well, if you want to start putting money in your pocket, check out my bookie. It's fast, 
It's easy and they pay when you win. Let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as whom you're betting on. And when you bet with MyBookie, the options are endless. For example, did you know that MyBookie allows you to bet on games after kickoff? If by the second half it looks like your bet is going to lose, you can always just take the other side. Or if you're the kind of person that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. No matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of the year. And when you join MyBookie now and use the promo code Locked On, MyBookie will double your first deposit. So go on and visit mybookie.ag and don't forget, use the promo code Locked On to activate the special offer for new users. MyBookie, you play, you win, you get paid. I'm joined now by Ed Valentine of Big Blue View, a little later in the week than usual, Ed, but uh, better late than never, right? Always, Patty. You know, better, better, better late than never for for you and I to get together. It's it's a strange week because of the Monday night game and and all of that. So it it sort of throws the schedule off. Yes, it does. And then, of course, with the Monday night game, we have a short turnaround for the next game. But the good news is the bye week is fast approaching. And Ed, let's uh, since we're at the halfway point now of the season on uh, this segment, let's talk about kind of where the Giants are at this point and what they can do moving forward. Now, um, obviously, two and six, nobody was hoping for that kind of record. But at the same time, you know, the Giants have used this opportunity to play a lot of their young players. Just give me some thoughts that you might have about the first half of the season, the good, the bad, the ugly, and, and, you know, what's kind of popped up that was unexpected in your mind. Well, you know, it's interesting, Patty, because I think we were all, you know, taken a little bit by surprise when the Giants went to Daniel Jones so quickly. I've kind of reflected on that and realized that that was the right thing for the Giants to do for, you know, for for the long term and, and even for this year, because the rest of the roster is a developing roster and it, and it didn't really make sense to to develop you know, while your while your quarterback of the future wasn't playing, but I look at uh, you know I look at at two and six, and two and six could easily be one and seven without a missed thirty four yard field goal. You know, in in Tampa Bay, but I remain optimistic about the future after the first eight games. I remain optimistic that there's young developing talent on this roster. I am disappointed that they didn't win a couple more games, not necessarily because I think this this coulda, shoulda, woulda been a playoff team, but because if you're going to develop and you're going to show progress at some point in time, you have to win games that you're supposed to win or that you have opportunities to win. And, and I think that's a step we need to see from the Giants. You know, you mentioned progress. Obviously, uh, we've seen a little bit of progress from the quarterback, Daniel Jones. You know, despite the turnovers that he's had, you know, that's something, you know, I'm sure they're going to fix in the offseason, if not the rest of the way. But obviously, the the game is not too big for this young man. So I think when you look at progress, that's got to be a positive what I'm probably most concerned about, and, and tell me if you disagree, is the lack of progress we have seen on the defense. 
Absolutely, Patty. That is an ongoing concern. I think we all knew that we would see more issues, whether it was Eli Manning or Daniel Jones playing quarterback. I think we we all recognized going into the season that the biggest question mark was on defense. And that largely is because you had so many young players. I think seven of 10 draft choices you know, in, uh, in the spring were defensive players. You have a number of second-year guys, B.J. Hill, uh, Grant Haley, you know, some other guys that are, you know, young guys that are playing. I think Jabril Peppers and, and Dalvin Tomlinson are third-year players. You expected some bumps in the road. You expected some communication breakdowns, but you need to see those things get better. And against Detroit, we saw coverage breakdowns. We saw DeAndre Baker, you know, bust a bust a coverage that led to a 49-yard touchdown. We see whenever the Giants play zone coverage, we see massive holes, you know, for, for quarterbacks to exploit. So yeah, so that is the the major issue getting off the field on third down it it seems like is something the giants don't have a clear idea you know how to approach third down and and, and how to get that done so yeah that, that that's the big concern for me it was the concern heading into the season what you want to see is fewer mistakes you know better play and i'm not sure we're getting it and and whether we can get it over the final 8 games whether the giants can get it it is is a big key to the development of this team going forward. And how much of that lack of progress do you think is related to coaching? Patty, I have to think that some of it is related to coaching. I mean, we aren't in the meeting rooms. We aren't on the field, you know, watching practice and seeing how, you know, how things are, are done. But after a year and a half with, with James Betcher, I'm I'm beginning to become concerned as to whether or not he can reach this group and really teach this group, you know, what what he's trying to what he's trying to get through to them. You begin to wonder he had some really good defenses in Arizona. And, and he's tried to bring some of those guys to New York, obviously, and, and that's worked with mixed success. It's worked really well with Marcus Golden, hasn't worked so well with Antoine Bethea. Uh, we'll see how it works out with Dion Buchanan. But you begin to wonder if those defenses were really good simply because they had Patrick Peterson and they had... Um, you know, Dion Buchanan at his best and they had Chandler Jones and they had Calais Campbell. If it was just an incredibly talented, you know, group of players or and you, you begin to wonder how much Betcher had to do with that. And, and when you when you continue to see breakdowns and, and confusion, to me, it has to come back to, to, to coaching at least a little bit. And the other thing that bothers me about the coaching is this this heavy reliance on familiar faces. I mean, part of the job of the coach is to develop 
talent, to develop new players. And when you keep going back to the well, and you and I talk about this all the time, especially when fans come up to us and say, oh, the Giants should sign this guy, that guy, that guy. And we say, look, that guy maybe isn't the same player he was several years ago. And I I think, you know, or I wonder if the same can be said here in in the philosophy of bringing in all these former Cardinals to fix the Giants' defense. Well, Patty, one of the things that I have called for, and, and, and let me, let me say this. I like you, I think I supported bringing in Dion Buchanan for the simple reason that if you look at what the giants had, you know, with Ryan Connolly on IR, um, with, you know, with Tay Davis, who's now been released, uh, you know, with, with what the giants had at linebacker with the fact that, that Alec Ogletree, despite, you know, his, his apparent leadership and, and, and all of that. Alec Ogletree is a flawed linebacker who probably won't be a giant next year. And I supported bringing in Buchanan simply because why not take a look and see if he can help you going forward. But you're absolutely right. You can't keep going back to the well, you know, of what you used to have and, or what guys used to be. And, and I think Antoine Bethea is a perfect example. You know, Bethea is a 35 year old, 14 year veteran. He's been a terrific NFL player. But what I wrote the other day is if you're really pointed toward the future, I don't understand why he would play any snaps the rest of the way, because you, you know, you've got all of these young defenders, Julian Love, Corey Ballantyne, when he comes back from his concussion, Sam Beal when he gets, you know, when he gets uh, activated. And I know a couple of those guys are corners, but but you have to find some snaps for these guys. And you watch Bethay, and I think it's a great example of what you're talking about because even when he reads plays correctly, he doesn't have the athleticism anymore to get there and make those plays. And and I I don't understand why the Giants don't don't try something else there. Yeah, I'm with you, Ed. Now, let's talk about moving forward. These next eight games, uh, what do the Giants need to show you in order to qualify for progress, in your opinion? Well, in my opinion, Patty, you know, it's 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 one of those things. We've talked about defense. We've talked about Daniel Jones a little bit. Look at the schedule that the Giants have, and there are some winnable games on that schedule you know, over the second half of the season. Now the Giants aren't going to turn around and go six and two, you know, in the, the, uh, the, the rest of the season, you're probably looking at, at, at another five or six win season. But what I would like to see at some point in time, you have to begin to turn giving effort and getting close into winning a game or two that you're supposed to win. You know, I go back to the Arizona game was one that the Giants should have won. Everything set up well for them and they came out and played horribly at the beginning. You know, I'm looking at I'm looking at maybe the Washington game. I'm looking at the Miami game. I'm looking at an opportunity against the Jets. I want to see the Giants when they're in position to win a game make the plays in the fourth quarter to actually get a couple of these victories, I think for me, 
for me, that would be some progress. That would show me that they're learning a little bit, you know, and, and I want to see some better play from, you know, overall, I, I, I think we need to see better play from the secondary. You're listening to Locked on Giants with Patricia Trena and special guest Ed Valentine. We're going to take a quick break, come back and continue our discussion about the Giants moving forward. Folks, stay with us. Welcome back, Giant fans, to Locked on Giants. Patricia Trainer here with you and Ed Valentine of Big Blue View. And in this last segment, we're just going to spin ahead a little bit. The Giants start the second half of the season against Dallas. And Ed, yesterday, or I, I should say actually on Wednesday, um, Pat Shermer made an interesting comment. He was asked about how the team is different. Um, regard from the first week when they played Dallas and Shermer, and I'm paraphrasing because I don't have the exact quote in front of me, basically said something to the effect of we're a better team. The record would not indicate it, but you know, in objectively breaking this team down, where could he possibly have, have come up with the idea that they are a better team? Is it just at the quarterback? What are they doing that's better than they were maybe doing back in week one? Oh, Patty, you didn't give me you, you didn't give me a heads up on that question. I probably would have needed, you know, a couple of hours to to figure that one out. <laughs> to to be honest with you, you know, I, I looked at at his answer to that question and, and I and I was scratching the bald spot on the top of my head going, <laughs> you know, what is he seeing that we're not seeing because I I think maybe that's a little bit of coach speak but I have, you know, what, what the coach has to say, because I think, as I said at, at the top, Patty, I remain optimistic about the future of this team. I think that when you look at the talent base, when you look at the young core that they've assembled the last couple of years through the draft and through, you know, a trade for a guy like Jabril Peppers, you know, moving to Daniel Jones at quarterback, you know, and even, you know, Evan Ingram, who's a, a quality, you know, quality receiving tight end who was drafted by Jerry Reese, Dalvin Tomlinson, you still have, who's another third year player. I remain optimistic about the future of this team. I think it's a team that's talent wise, that's, that's pointed in the right direction, but I don't know that we're actually seeing progress on the field. We continue to look at an offense that I don't know what it is, you know, and I, and I don't know how much of that is, is growing pains with Daniel Jones. We know he holds the ball a little bit too much. We know he's, you know, he, he puts the ball in jeopardy a little bit too often. We continue to see the same sort of mistakes in the secondary from the defense. So, so I don't know that there's actually been on field progress. I, I can't personally I can't point to something and say that's better than it was unless maybe you want to look at the defensive front and, and, and talk about pass rush a little bit, talk about the, the run defense from that from that front group a little bit. But but that's about it. Otherwise, I, I, I can't find on field progress, really. I have to, I have to agree with you, Ed. I'm I'm wondering if maybe Pat Shermer was thinking in, in terms of a bigger picture beyond you know the difference between week one and and where they are right now because certainly the results are not there, but 
with that said, there are certainly a lot of intriguing possibilities for the future. Now, Ed, moving forward, and I've asked this of my readers, I'm going to ask you the same question. What's the number one thing you want to see done differently in the second half of the season? Oh, the number one thing that I want to see done differently. Now, can can I just can I just say, you know, just once I'd like to see Pat Shermer not defer when they win the coin toss. Yeah, but you know that's probably <laughs> not going to happen. And you know the I see the logic there, but you know, with that logic, you also have to you also have to do a little bit better with in-game management. And that's kind of, I think, where they're going wrong a little bit there. I, I would agree with that, Patty. But, but one thing that, that I do want to see is I don't think we have seen this Giants offense whole at, you know, at, at this point in the season. If I'm not mistaken... I don't think we've seen Evan Ingram, Golden Tate, Sterling Shepard, and Saquon Barkley together. You know, as I don't think they've played a single snap together yet this season, you know, because of Tate's suspension and the injuries that that have occurred. And I guess what I want to see is I, I want to see some progress from Daniel Jones just in terms of of his ball security and and especially just in terms of of you know getting the ball out a little quicker but I want to see what Pat Shermer wants this offense to be when it's whole it's because I still don't I still don't have any idea yeah, I, I'm with you on that. And, and you know, Ed, it, just to, to be fair here, if I had to answer that same question, I'd like to see Pat Shermer be more of a game manager instead of worrying about one side of the ball. I know that's probably not going to happen, but some of the in-game management just leaves you going, what good, you know, what are they doing, you know? And, and I've never been a fan of that. I've, I've said that many, many times. I know people will come back at me and they'll say, oh, look at Sean McVay, look at Andy Reid, look at, you know, Bill Belichick. That's all well and good, but those coaches have won something. They have winning records. You know, Shermer, you know, may very well end up be having a winning record at some point, but right now he doesn't. And I just, I, I question as to whether or not he's handling a little too much and just not realizing it. Patty, I don't know what the answer to to that one is, and I was going over, you know, some of the the in game management stuff the the other day. I mean, you go all the way back to Week One against Dallas in the the way that they handled, you know, a third and two and a fourth and one situation, not giving the ball to Saquon either time, uh, the way that some in game situations late in the game have been handled the past couple of weeks. And I agree that they haven't been handled well. And it, it's, it's an obvious concern. What I was trying to figure out was whether those decisions had directly cost the giants any games. And I'm not sure that they have, I'm not sure that they've actually, that a single decision or a couple of decisions have actually caused the giants to lose games. But, but you're, your job as a coach is to put your team in the best possible position to win, to have an opportunity. And it's concerning to see week after week decisions that you think when you, when you reflect back on them, you know, decisions that, that 
that really aren't accomplishing that. So I, I don't know what the answer to that is. I don't know if if Shermer needs to needs to give up the play calling. Uh, perhaps he does. I I don't know. You know. But then again, I I I'm one who who hears Giants fans call for Mike Shula to be the play caller, and I cringe. Because when Mike Shula was hired by the Giants after his time in Carolina, the Carolina people that I spoke to said, you know, he'll be a great offensive coordinator for you as long as you don't ask him to call plays. So so I, so I don't know what the answer is there. Yeah, I, I don't know either. But I'll, I'll tell you one thing that I absolutely want to see this coaching staff do, and, and they won't be able to do it the rest of the way, but definitely do this in the offseason. Get a dedicated quarterback coach. I know that Shermer's involved in developing Daniel Jones. Shula's involved. Um, Ryan Roder is involved. But I, I don't know. Just And I'm speaking, you know, obviously I'm not there 24-7 to see, but I, I just find it absolutely perplexing that they don't have a dedicated quarterback coach because Shermer's got to worry about the whole team. Shula's technically worried about the whole offense. I think Ryan Roder is the offensive assistant. He's probably doing, you know, other things. Why not just have a dedicated quarterback coach and have that guy attached to the hip of Daniel Jones moving forward? I mean, Eli had it with Kevin Gilbride back when he was a rookie, you know, until Gilbride was promoted to offensive coordinator. And then I think Mike Sullivan took over. I don't understand the thinking there. You might you might have a point there, Patty. You know we'll have to see how that plays out. I, I'm not so sure that the Pat Shermer Mike Shula marriage, you know, as as head coach, offensive coordinator, is is a great one. But you know we'll have to see. I, I suspect that at the end of this season, especially if we don't see a whole lot of progress. I fully expect Pat Shermer to be back for a third season as, as head coach next year. But but I think we both know how this goes. If After a couple of losing seasons, I, I might expect the Giants to take a good hard look at the coaching staff and, and see if some adjustments in, in the assistance and in, in the responsibilities need to get made. I'm with you on that one, Ed. And you know, it's going to be interesting. At second half of this season starts Monday night. Giant fans, I want to thank you, as always, for listening to the week of Lock on Giants. Just a heads up for Monday. I'm probably not going to have a show Monday because of the game. I will have a show Tuesday, and we'll just, you know, run it out through the rest of the week as always uh so that means twitter tuesday for next week make sure you get your questions into me um you can send them to locked on giants podcast at gmail.com you can tweet them to me with the hashtag ask p train ed valentine thank you so much for joining me giant fans have a great weekend and we'll talk to you next week